Welcome to 31 Tales for October. Good evening and welcome to what should have been February's episode, but as usual I am running behind. So this episode is dedicated to a very special listener, eight-year-old Teo, who wrote to me this week to let me know just how much he's enjoying the podcast. And not only this, he's also attached a picture of his World Book Day costume, which is none other than the Haunted Bear, who features on the cover of the book and the picture for the podcast. And I can tell you this costume blew me away when I saw it. Uh, It's like a, uh, I'll describe it for you. It's kind of like um, a onesie or an all-in-one type bear costume. But it's not like a big fluffy bear, it's it's kind of slim. Looks like all the stuffing's been taken out of it and it's kind of creepy looking already. Uh, then I can see some uh, red red eyes, glowing red eyes, just like the book. And uh, underneath the mask, he's got like a, a handkerchief type scarf or face, face mask for the big jagged white teeth. Um, and as well as this, he's got stuffing coming out of the arm. It is just a, a fantastic costume, and the detail that has gone into it is is brilliant. I was completely floored and blown away when I saw it. So well done, Teo. It is, it is a brilliant costume. And what uh, Teo reminded me this week is simply by reaching out, letting someone you, someone know that you think that what they're doing is good, or giving some positive encouragement can just bring so much joy and happiness. So my challenge this week is to uh, follow Teo's example, and if if there's someone that you know that's you know that does something well, might be a classmate, might be good at drawing, good at sports, good at singing, playing an instrument, whatever it is, just let them know. Tell them that you th- you know what you think that you think that they're they're really good at something, and it really can make a big difference to their day. Maybe it's your parent or a parent that's done something for you. I know it's too, you know, we've got to be cool and we can't always tell people what we think. Um, but just have the confidence and the self-belief to, to say something nice and say something positive and give a compliment. And it can really, really make a difference and bring a lot of joy and happiness. So thanks again, Teo. Fantastic. You made my week, my month, probably my year. So thank you so much for writing to me. And now over to the story. The Graveyard by the Cabin. My parents and I went away for a short holiday. They hired a simple log cabin on a campsite about half an hour's drive from the beach. The cabin was old but clean and my room had two beds to choose from. I slept on the bed nearest the wall, not wanting the one by the window. I didn't like the thought of someone walking by and being so close to me. Instead I put my bag on the second bed and unpacked a few things. The room had a small TV on a shelf in the corner and every room had the same wooden panels, even the two bathrooms. It looked kinda old and out of date but it was cosy. The small living room with the comfy sofas and thick rug the narrow bedroom with the two beds. It even had an outside porch. 
I decided to take my book outside while my parents continued to unpack. The porch was on a small wooden platform with its own roof, so even if the weather was bad you could sit out there in a warm clothes and listen to the rain, and it had rained that morning in fact, and I could now smell the damp grass. Because I'm an only child, I like to read a lot, as I don't have any brothers or sisters to keep me company. I mostly read scary books, and had bought a new one from the campsite shop, all about zombies. New neighbours, I see. I looked up to see an old man smiling at me. We're in the next one along, he said, pointing to the cabin I could see from the porch. I looked around to see who Elsie meant, but there was nobody there. My wife and I, he explained. Just arrived, have you? Uh, yes, I answered shyly, just arrived. You've not been out to explore yet then? My parents are still unpacking, but we're going to go out for a walk soon. Well, don't stay out too late, there's a storm heading this way. The sky looked white and overcast but other than a slight breeze, there was no sign of a storm. What you got there? he asked, pointing at my book. Oh, I, I bought this just now from the shop, I said, showing him the front cover. If you like spooky stuff like that, you should check out the old graveyard when you go on your walk. Just follow that path over there and past the duck pond. Well, they call it a duck pond. Looks more like a puddle to me, he said, giving a wink. Behind the church you'll find the old graveyard. Come to think of it, it kind of looks like the one on that book cover of yours. Well, I best be off. My wife will wonder where I've got to. Make sure to tell your parents about the storm, won't you? Bye bye now. Once my parents were finished in the kitchen, we headed out in the direction of the pond. I told them about the old man and the coming storm. Typical, complained my mother first day on holiday and there's a storm coming. She tutted and shook her head. The old man was right about the pond. While it was bigger than a puddle, it would probably only take five minutes to walk around the entire thing. But it looked deep in the middle, and I could hear frogs croaking and see big lily pads floating on the surface. A family of ducks lived in the pond. Some were resting their heads as if ready for bed, but some were still lively enough heading towards us now, wanting to be fed. We walked around the pond and followed a lonely path through a dimly lit wood. After a few minutes we came to a clearing where, just as the old man had said, a tall church stood. The roof was long and pointy, with a cross on top, but the whole building looked black in the shadow of the trees and the fading sun. I walked around the gloomy church, finding the graveyard behind it, the only spot where the sun still shone. The light on top of the grey stone seemed to sparkle, but it was a small graveyard with only three headstones, but the old man was right. It did look exactly like the cover on my zombie book. The sun was getting low and a chill hung in the air. Here in the clearing we could feel a strong breeze stirring. Once we had completed a full circle of the church we followed the path back into the woods, towards the duck pond and back to the cabin. 
I took a blanket from the sofa and wrapped myself up on the porch with my book. Dad was cooking spaghetti and Mum was taking a bath, so I had the outside sofa all to myself. Even the other campers were staying inside now because there was a chill in the air and the clouds were thick and as grey as the headstones. I had to use the porch light to see my book, which attracted a lot of flying bugs. The breeze had become a whipping wind which whistled through the campsite. I could hear something flapping around near the bins which sounded like a rubbish bag full of tin cans. The place felt empty and abandoned. After dinner, it was too windy to sit on the porch, so we played board games instead. Junior Cluedo, Guess Who and Connect Four. Once the games were finished, I went to my room to watch TV. I lay on the bed by the wall and watched the late night scary movie. It was an old black and white film about Frankenstein. He was very tall with scars on his neck and he walked around with his arms outstretched like a zombie. It wasn't very scary and because of the wind I could hardly hear it so I decided to switch it off and try to get some sleep. Sometime in the night I was woken by the wind. I had forgotten to close my curtains before bed and could see the darkness outside looking in. The weather beat down on the roof and pressed against the walls so fiercely I thought the cabin might actually fall down. The rubbish bag with the tin cans flew past my window, rattling as it went. The more I listened, the more I thought I could hear voices on the wind. It was like people were talking in the distance and the sound was being carried to the cabin. I tried to make out what they were saying, but they were still too far away. The cabin began to creak and I heard the snapping of a branch close by. That same branch landed on the roof with a loud bang that made me jump. The voices were closer now, but they were just shouts and groans, long moaning voices in the night. But who could be outside now and why were they shouting like that? I pulled my cover up to my chin as I realised the voices could be coming from the graveyard, carried by the wind down the narrow path, through the trees and echoing over the flat surface of the duck pond. If the voices were really from the graveyard, then it could only be the dead come back to life, zombies. Just like the cover of my book, I imagined them clawing their way out of the ground and crawling through the mud, trying to stand on tired, achy bones. There were only three gravestones, so there should only be three zombies, shambling through the woods right now, with only one thought on their shriveled brains. How years of being dead and buried had left their bellies empty as they search out their next meal. Clear of the woods, they would be at the duck pond by now, perhaps even crawling through it. The tattered rags soaking wet, and bony skeletal feet sinking into the muddy floor of the pond. Soon, bony hands would claw up the bank on the other side, dragging their weary bodies onto dry land, then onwards to the campsite. All they had to do was follow the path. 
the wind and voices all mixed into one deafening shriek, roaring overhead. It was so loud I covered my ears. Something staggered past my window, tapping on the glass as it did. I pulled the blanket up over my eyes and listened as I heard the creak of a door. Holding my breath, I tried to listen for footsteps, but when I didn't hear anything, I peeked out from my hiding place. Just then, a flash of lightning lit up my bedroom for just a second, long enough to see the shape of three zombies in there with me. One was standing in the doorway, stretching towards me. Another crawled along the floor, between the beds with one eye hanging out, and the third had climbed in through the window and was now on top of the second bed. They were all coming towards me, hungry, bony hands reaching. I screamed just as the bedroom light came on. In the doorway, I saw my dad. He looked tired and had been reaching for the light switch. It was not a zombie. When I looked down on the floor, all I saw was my empty travel bag. And on the bed, all the things I had unpacked. Are you okay? My dad asked. He had come to check on me because of the wind, and when I'd screamed, that's when he had turned on the light. There were no zombies in my room after all. It had just been the wind and my imagination all along. That's what happens when you read scary books and watch scary movies before bedtime. Thank you for listening. Until next time. Thank you.